Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. This is how I kind of do my um, proclamation. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. When I read it. When I read it. When I read it. And respond to it. It changes my life. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a seat. And Father, we just bless this time. Thank you for each person here. May they just gleam just some words from, from you, from the heart behind the teaching today, Father. We're just so thankful for each person here. What a blessing they are to the body. And just keep this time free of any distractions. And we're just so thankful for you. And for the people that aren't here that are close to us, Father, we just ask a special blessing. And I just ask for a prayer for my brother today for healing in Jesus' name. Supernatural healing in Jesus' name. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about building and sustaining life-giving prophetic culture. That's kind of a mouthful, but... It really is um, about building and sustaining our prophetic culture here at Shekinah. Um, so I got some words to share today, and I think it's kind of cool. Um, following up, you know, St- Stephanie's birthday is coming up, and it's just like a birthing process. Um, this is what's been going on probably the last five years here at Shekinah, and that's kind of when the, the seed was sown. And we had some transitions. And I'm going to talk uh, about transitions today. But the bottom line is it's Holy Spirit doing the work. And I loved the words Cindy, uh, Cindy, I want to call you Cindy. I'm Patty. You remind me of a Cindy that I knew before. But he's like, ask her what she was, what you're sensing, because it was just like the hovering part. And I actually, that's one of my slides today. Um, So I just thank you. And I just thank you for being obedient and sharing, because this is God's word. This is God's word. This is his house. This isn't about me sharing prophetic words or Stephanie it's each of you and Jackie for stepping up today we're so thankful for everybody because it is a birthing process that we're going through and we're thankful for each person so make sure I get this do I get it the right way cleaver I'm sorry I think a beaver cleaver (laughs) hey so as I get my first slide Hey, and so we're going to turn to, we're going to study first, first Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14.1.3. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks as a tongue, oh, excuse me, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to the people. Again, Verse 3, but the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening. Okay, again, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, not their own, for their strengthening, their encouraging, and comfort. So I'm not trying to change the word. I'm just saying this is about not the person speaking the word, but it's for them. 
And when you have an opportunity, and we'll be doing another Prophetic 101 class. I know it's been a few years, you guys. Please thank you for your patience, just trying to get all the babies birthed and do the things that we need to do. But it's as, as for the people that have been through it, you understand with some of the material that we studied from Graham Cook, um, how we're speaking prophecy for encouraging, strengthening, and edification of the body. And unfortunately, sometimes in the prophetic, there uh, sometimes words do get shared that are harsh, but harsh meaning very um, condemning, and that is not really God's heart for, for that. That's Old Testament prophecy. We're in the New Testament, new times. Um, so follow the way of love. And again, this is about following the way of love. The one who prophesies strengthens, encourages, and comforts. So this is very important. We're, we're about love at Shekinah. That is truly our heart. That is what we're about. So um, today I'm going to talk about kind of where we're going with our prophetic culture. And it's really cool the fact we're having the, the meeting this, this month, and then we're going to have the dream team. So I saw this, and I had to share it. So our prophetic culture, this is, I saw this um, yesterday. And um, I love this picture as it shows new growth, like the prophetic culture we are building here at Shekinah, something new is in our midst. And you can see there's a sprout, there's a little, a little, little sprout there, and it's in a little hard ground. And so what we've been doing, we've been tilling the ground since we've been here. Um, we've been tilling the ground in this region, and I think particularly the with everything happening in our country and actually I think really the world right now there's a lot of turmoil and I just want to encourage you to rest in him just like what we talk about prophesy each one of us God has a promise over you're not here by accident today to hear this message so I just want to encourage you if this resonates with you please we're going to have a time for prayer afterwards or just to explain things a little bit you know, for some people, like myself years ago, I was raised in the Methodist Church. We didn't do any of this prophecy stuff. And, of course, some people believe that it's stopped with the Old Testament. And that's not true. Um, but we're not about titles. We're not about um, who's up here talking or who's playing in the band. Each, each one of us are part of a larger body, and it's so important that we all make room for each other um, in our gifts. So one of the things I wanted to share today, what is a life-giving prophetic culture at Shekinah? And I think I'm approaching this. What's really cool is about eagles. You know, I'm an eagle eye, eagle person. I know. I'm, everybody knows I love eagles. In the Bible, the eagle is represented many times as a powerful prophetic symbol. And um, like in Revelations 12, 14, um, I'm not going to read these verses, but I just wanted to just highlight a few of them. Revelations 12, 14, Job 39, 27 to 29, and Psalm 103, 2 to 5. Um, and as I mentioned, the Bible is full of prophetic symbols, and particularly in Revelation, um, that's John. Um, it was all about a prophetic vision God gave him through the, all of Revelations while he was isolated on an island. Think about that. As prof prophetic people, we see things. Um, I know I do. Um, we dream. Um, we have visions. And that's why it's so important. We make room for people if they see something, even if it's something small. But if you read all through Revelations, that is so prophetic, meaning there's such symbolism in that. And I'm going to go to actually, I'm going to probably go to Psalm 103 quick. And I didn't put the words up there, so I'm going to read Psalm 103 quick to everybody. Um, and I will get that there for people quick, quick. 
it is so two to five. Um, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that you, your, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your new, oh man, all right, Laura, I'm reading this again. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. See, each of these, in Revelations and Job as well, there's, a, there's references to the eagles, whether it's an eagle's wings, like flying, or something about a person who's up in the high place looking down, like in Job, it's about the eagle looking for food. Um, so there's such prophecy in that. Um, it's pretty cool. So, um, so a lot of my teaching today is going to be about the eagle, um, which I have to say I think is pretty pretty cool today. Oops, going the wrong way. Got to turn it around. All right. Okay, so we're going to talk here. What, again, what is a life-giving prophetic culture? What is that? Like an eagle, uh, the eagle nurtures their young, caring and protecting them in the nest, at the same time teaching them to prepare fly. Again, the eagle nurtures their young, caring and protecting them in the nest, at the same time teaching them to... Stephanie, I'm just... Well, there's something going on here. It's that's okay. Hey, the eagle nurture. Okay, this is in Jesus' name. For those of you not know, as a child, I had a stuttering problem, and I've overcome that. So this was something that for years I hated speaking up front. And this hasn't happened in a long time. So, so and I I got a chuckle because you know, like Moses, he ha- he was a stutterer too. So. Um, so the eagle nurtures their young, caring and protecting them in the nest, and at the same time teaching them to prepare. Teaching them to prepare to fly. Teaching them to prepare for flight. Teaching them to prepare for light. <laughs> oh, gosh, you guys. Um, and it really is a prophetic vision, as you see. And I'll show. I have pictures and some, some, just some examples. How, you know, you see the little baby eaglets. You know, the parents bring their food, and then they get comfortable. But then after a while, they get uncomfortable in that nest because they put stuff in there. The mama does, and the daddy. So they shoo them out because they eventually are going to have to leave the nest. They can't stay here. For those that have kids, you know what I'm talking about. They make it very little difficult. Um, but at the same time, while they're in the nest, they're teaching them to prepare f- to fly. And that really is what our culture is about here. We're getting people fed. We're, we're teaching the word. We're nurturing. We, this is a very safe place for people to learn about the prophetic. Are we perfect? By no means no. Do we make mistakes? Yes. But our heart and our intent is to teach and equip and send. Really thinking about the the eagles i keep hearing that song fly like an eagle so um in exodus 19 4 and this is god um speaking and in the word you yourselves have seen what i did to egypt you yourselves have seen what i did to egypt and how i carried you on eagles wings and brought you to myself 
think about that prophetic picture of how, and for those of you maybe that aren't familiar with, you know, God led the Israel outside of, well, Moses actually was the leader getting, taking them out of Egypt, took them through this whole path, and then they wandered 40 years. For a four-day journey, they really could have, but some people grumbled and complained. Some people weren't listening, were, were disobedient, and spoke out against leadership, and they were not kind, and, you know, some things happened. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but what I'm saying is sometimes we need to listen for what God says, that still small voice, Matt, like we talked about. And we have to still ourselves to get to that. But think about that prophetic vision here about how God took the people out of Egypt. They crossed the Sinai Desert. They crossed the, the Nile, you know, the, I'm sorry, the Red Sea, and how he took them out of Egypt, provided manna for them every day. But unfortunately, some people didn't believe and took too much. Of course, God showed them that that spoiled. And sometimes when we hoard and we do things, that can happen. So just remember, God always gives us enough. God always gives us the provision that we need, everything we need for life and godliness in Christ Jesus. And I think somebody used to tell me that every day. Then I, but, but the prophetic picture, how really, even though Moses was leading, you know, the Israelites, God, they followed that cloud by day and pillar of fire at night. But how he kept them, he carried them on eagle's wings and brought them to himself. So this is my, ultimately my favorite verse, I have to say. This is my favorite from Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I love this verse and the picture of the eagle soaring. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. How many need that right now? I do. I need my strength renewed right now. I do. I mean, think about, you know, you will have your strength renewed. You will soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will, you will walk and not be faint. But I think um, that's such a prophetic picture of, you know, the work that God's doing, I think, honestly, in our country right now, too. Um, because there are times I run, 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 not like I used to. Um, because it's not about um, rules and law, but there was a time when I kind of did everything the way, but resting in him, and what does that mean to rest in him? Literally to rest, and for prophetic types like myself, sometimes it's hard to shut our minds down. We dream, we see things. People that are seers, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you may hear things, you may turn, it's like, well, who's that back there? But there isn't anybody, but you're sensing some spirit behind you, and um, so know that there's God is I think I mean I think it's a prophetic picture for the United States that are the symbol of the bald eagle I mean that is our that is the symbol of our country that is a protected species and it, I think it always grieves me when I see stories about people trapping them and harming them and I just I kind of I can relate to them not that I'm an eagle but their temperament and sometimes how they react to things with their, you know, they see things from far up, and but they're protectors. They look out for the, they can see like their eye, they have eyes in the back of the head. I mean, literally, they can see all around with their vision. Um, so um, it's just really cool, that prophetic picture of the eagle. And I really, you know, again, that's a prophet, 
it's a real a really good picture of kind of like our body here how the things that we do we have a broader vision with our apostolic leader has that broad vision literally that will push us out of the nest push us over that cliff and I can relate to that um, but this is what we're about um, oh I already went I already got up oh, got it upside down again all right this one life sustaining prophetic culture is one that gives hope it's one that gives encouragement it builds relationships and most importantly it always loves we at Shekinah always love for love never fails first Corinthians 13 4 through 8 and um, I know again those are some things that I've been stretched in some of these areas over particularly the last year as God's there's just been a, a new level he's taking me through but just getting the things out of me that aren't of him anything any even little things so I'm just being transparent taking the mask off because it is the year of the pay but particularly what's been hard is for pr prophetic types to speak things sometimes we're to be still but then other times we are to speak. But having that mask really bothers me that, that we're asked to wear. So I demask. I demask. I take that mask off. But no, I think in some ways the enemy was trying to stop us from speaking the things that we need to do right now. Um, so I just want to encourage each of you that um, we also have a visions and values, and I taught on that last year, but these, these four things really struck my spirit, particularly related to the prophetic culture. We, our culture, we give hope to people that walk through that door. I guess I'm reminded of um, some of the, the things that uh, over the years with churches I've been a part of where you didn't feel hope. I mean, you walked in and nobody talked to you. I mean, but we give hope here. We, we encourage people. We don't, anybody who comes through the door, people we don't, we have a, some people come through, we see some, some people, you know, come in, we love Ronald, sometimes he comes in, we see him a while, and then we don't. Then we have other people that just show up. But we always love. It's really about love. It's about encouraging people where they're at in their walk. Are we perfect? No. We're in process. And if anybody says they are, then come up and see me afterwards, because I can... I know I'm not. I know, and he's still telling me about the process. And it's okay. We're all in, we're all in a different process too, depending on our lives. Some of us have, are empty nesters now. I know some of us are in different stages in our lives. Um, and but that's okay though. We all are here for specific uh, a specific part of the body that it's going to be so important, and it is. There are things that you can teach each other. So it's not just me up here talking or Stephanie or anybody else that comes up here and preaches. It's, it's about truly releasing the words that God is showing you. So it's about building relationships too. You know, our prophetic culture, we build relationships. We have a prophetic company that we're developing, and it's a process. And, and it's about the generations too. It's not just, you know, me teaching a class or Stephanie teaching a class, but it's about or Cammy or Jackie or or Cammy 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 R here teaching a class. Yeah. And oh she did, Goldman. All right, Cammy G G G money. It's <laughs> what I just heard. So but it's about building relationships because you can't prophesy in in a 
um, in a vacuum. And I think that's where it gets very dangerous when you have prophets coming in here. And we don't, we, we love people coming in, but sometimes if it's somebody from an old school type of prophetic way they prophesy, we, we're very careful about that. I mean, for me, about releasing words, it's just you have to honor, honor the house, how, it's, how the, the culture is. So we're about releasing, encouraging, edifying, and when it's appropriate, it could be a word that's correcting, but it's put in love, but it's always in love. We're not about condemning. We're not about making people feel guilty or shamed. That is not what we're about here. And I think what's interesting, that's why I'm very careful about words I follow from specific prophets, um, just because there seems to be a tension and it just doesn't make me feel good. So, I mean, if I'm not feeling good, then that's, I'm very cautious about that. Um, and it's not to say there's something wrong with them. It's just it doesn't resonate with me. So I think it's important to, for you to be drawn, number one, first to God and not to a person. But that doesn't mean, though, they're not something that they, you can learn from, but that's just something to be watchful for. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. So a prophetic culture that gives life. So, oops, that's kind of small. Did I bump something? Oh, I can't. I wonder if I did something to the... So this slide should have been bigger. Um, a prophetic culture that gives life. So in the book, The Prophet by James Gall, he provides a wonderful picture, and I'll, it's this book right here, of how to create and sustain a life-giving prophetic culture. And at Shekinah International, we are about creating and sustaining a life-giving prophetic culture. Just as eagles nurture their young, we at Shekinah do the same, nurturing the body and the gifts that reside in each of you. And we're excited to come along beside you and help you grow and learn and walk out your destiny God has for you your destiny, nobody else's destiny, your destiny, because you have one. You absolutely have one, and you're only, you can, only, only for you to, to fulfill. And as somebody who grew up with parents who um, encouraged me in different um, types of employment, I knew right away I wasn't going to be an accountant. I don't, I, I love numbers but not back then when I was an undergraduate no I was human services all day long so I wound up getting my degree in psychology and then my master's in public administration but my dad encouraged me in accounting you can make money you can take care of yourself and he in his way old my dad is, is from another generation he's he's 85 now so he just wanted to make sure I was taken care of and equipped to be independent and self-sufficient but that kind of created some other dynamics between him and I. But um, I think many times we look at people as role models, which I think is a good thing, but we can't get lost in, in who we are in Christ and our identity. And I know um, Kami Butler taught the victory over the darkness, and that whole identity piece is so important. And um, there were times that I questioned, it's like, Lord, I know you called me to work in human services from a young age, but I just can't handle this math and science. So I did, you know, I passed my classes, I got my degree, and, um, but I knew that was what I needed to do, and no matter what my parents said, I knew that this was my destiny, not theirs. I love them, but this was my life, and thinking about what Sandra Bullock said in the blind side to Michael, this is your life. I'll love you if you're flipping burgers. It's your life. I loved that example. I love that because, I mean, we need people to serve people food. And I, I love blessing the people, particularly right now in the environment we're in in our country. 
um, to bless the people that are the people on the front line serving at the grocery stores or you get curbside takeout. It's so important to, I just, I try to give them an extra blessing financially if I can because I know it's been so hard. Um, but I just love that picture of the eagle and how they tend their, um, oh, that's my next slide. Sorry about that. I want to jump ahead. But um, but the the prophet, though, um, James Gall is a long-standing prophet for a long time. We have a lot of material, and this book was actually, I got it here. So, um, and it's actually a, almost like a workbook. But um, let me see. He actually, him and his wife, <coughs> started the women on the front lines where, you know, and Stephanie and I are with Women in Ministry Network. And then um, his wife passed away quite a, you know, about five years ago. And then Patricia King took it over in 2015. And I don't think that's an accident that I'm connected with his material. He's actually, before I really understood the prophetic like I do now I actually was drawn to his material and listening to his teach okay he has a southern accent it's like I'm around my family my parents are both from Tennessee and he lives outside Nashville and I actually almost moved there many years ago but you know God had other plans but he just cracks me up it's like talking to my family that they wouldn't understand any of the prophetic but Actually, they. I th my mom does. My dad, he's old school, but I think he understands more than he tells me. But that's that's just where my dad's at, and I love him. But it's just cool listening to different people from different cultures, because being from the area that James Gall was from reminded me a lot. And reading some of his history of my dad, because some of how he was raised was similar to my dad. He was a farmer. My dad was raised on a farm. And I'm thinking, oh, th this is not an accident. As now that I'm talking about it, having a vision that, yeah, this is not an accident. So I just would love to meet him sometime. And and um, if you ever get a chance to read him, his material will be teaching on some of it. So just be encouraged. Um, he's, he's prophetic, just like, you know, Graham Cook. So we'll be, you know, looking at some new material for, you know, in the future, just as we start developing our classes. Um, so... Again, getting back to our prophetic culture, a prophetic culture that gives life. And this is with what the eagles, thinking about the eagles, when eagles are hatched, they are fed one to two times a day. Their parents carrying their food, their prey to the, I'm sorry, the parents carrying their prey to the nest. They feed the eagles by tearing off pieces of food and holding them in their beaks, holding them out to the beaks of the eaglets. Um, so by five weeks, the the um, the male and female parents bring nearly equal amounts of food to their baby eaglets. Okay, guys, both male and female parents bring nearly equal amounts of food to their baby eaglets. So um, for ladies and gentlemen, okay, it's an equal thing here. The eagles got it right. I don't know. So I just think there's something to this. The eagles got it right. So they <laughs> – I didn't know this – yeah, this is one of those I was studying, like, eagles have leadership qualities, which I thought was interesting when I read it. So, but the parents begin by spending, at, at five weeks, um, male and female parents begin um, bring nearly, as a, uh, nearly equal amounts of food to their baby eaglets. Parents also begin by spending more time away um, from the young, often perched in a tree nearby. And I thought, you know, that's a prophetic 
Think about it. So they're pre perched in a tree nearby. They're watching the eaglets from the nest. So the eaglets are kind of fla flapping around. You know, where's my food at? And they're, so the mom and pop are over in another nest. They're, they're watching. Again, they're watching. But they're, see, they're preparing them to fly. And again, that's a prophetic sign, I think, of what we're doing here. So as we do prophetic assignments, some of you I know have been on, and I'm looking forward to doing some prophetic assignments with some of the people that haven't been on some, that we definitely need other people to lead, but we will be nearby supporting you. And I, I am so excited that we have next generations here. It's so exciting to see that because it really is, we're a family here. But I thought the thing about the parents begin by spending more time, and it's at five weeks. So at five weeks, an, um, a parent spends more time away from the young, often perched in a tree nearby. And then by six weeks, the eaglets are able to stand and walk. And by eight weeks, they are hungriest and ready to fly by week 12. So think about that. So think about that. So, they're, so again, the parents are watching. The parents are watching them. Um, I just think this is a beautiful picture. Let's see which, see if that's the next one. Um, I love this picture of the eagles um, as how they tend to their eaglets. And I'm going to go to the next slide here. Um, when you give life to something, um, you are birthing something, either in the spirit or natural. God will show you if you will seek him and follow him. I just love the whole birthing process. And, and I have this book that actually Stephanie gave me weird uh, at our, another ch church, probably about 10 years ago, I think. And I love this book because it's, it's about um, how to grow through transitions and trials. And it really, it's a, how a life of an eagle, how it transitions from being a baby eaglet to a full-grown eagle. And I think what was cool is this was a time I was going through transitions, not realizing the prophetic significance of it. And again, I think the, I just love this picture of the eagle and how they tend their eaglets. When you give life to something, you're birthing something either in the spirit or natural. And God will show you if you will seek him and ask him, because each of us can birth something. Know that we can. However, that's where the whole growth process comes in. And we all have to go through it. I'm not going to say that um, 10 years ago coming up here, there's no way I could have. And Stephanie knows this. I was comfortable ministering at the jail in Mason because I just, those girls were so special to me because that could have been me 10 years, 15 years before that if I went to had people to support me and hold me accountable for my decisions. And unfortunately, a lot of the, the girls in there, they really didn't have anybody to help them. And they had some such horrific history in their family and they just needed somebody to love them unconditionally. And I just can't imagine, and my heart just would break, and I got involved in that ministry, you know, with Stephanie's support. We were at our other church at that time, and it was just amazing how they knew the word so good, but they didn't have somebody to come alongside them and help them out and teach them. And so I really, you know, the fact when you gave us this book, Stephanie, I just remember thinking, that's a, this is a good book. And um, there's a lot of good stories in here and a lot of good testimonies because we all go through transitions. And I think we've gone through things at church here. And sometimes we've had a few trials. I have. And I know some of us are going through some trials right now. 
but I just want to encourage you that you're not alone. Um, God has this. Um, so like the eagle, Shekinah prophetic culture will feed each person as they grow and become stronger. As they grow stronger, they begin to walk. And as you begin to walk, you become stronger and stronger. And at some point, you'll be able to fly out of the nest and be able to prophesy and not think, am I really, can I say this? Yes, you can. We give liberty for people to share things because that's only the way we learn. Only how we grow is for people to, to learn. And are we going to make mistakes? Yes, I made mistakes. And it's okay. Sometimes we may see something or say something. And I think one of the things I learned was sometimes it's okay to be quiet. Sometimes it's okay to not say anything. And our prophetic culture here at Shekinah is we, we give life but we want to sustain life too. We want to want people to grow. We want people to reach the destiny that God has for them. And at Shekinah, we are here to help you grow and seek out those things that stir in your spirit. Activities that, you know, lead for you to study some different material where you can plug in and get charged. Because it's about you getting charged from the inside. Then when you go out, you can do what you need to do on the outside because it can be a scary place out there. And I think right now we're seeing a lot of things happening in the church. And the churches are at a really critical juncture right now with some of the things that are happening in our country. And I'm I'm not I'm not saying one way or another, but God was telling me this morning to hold the line. I think it's really important that we need to understand as we as we look out in our city, in our state, in our nation, that there's some serious things happening right now. And I'm just praying um, for wisdom for our leadership. And this isn't about politics. This truly is about leadership that are leading our city, our state, and our nation, for people to hear from God. Because there are, p there are forces outside of our country, um, from what I am sensing, and some of you maybe see some of the prophetic words being shared that, you know, remembering what happened on 9-11, um, things that happened then that people weren't communicating, people were withholding information, and really the, those federal departments, they weren't communicating, they were withholding information, that's actually how things slipped in and happened in our country. And I'm not saying we're going to have a terrorist attack. That's that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when we withhold information, that can be dangerous. So I'm just sharing that, um, not to put a fear in anybody, but know that we're in a critical time in our country, in our city. And because I work in state government, there, there are things I'm privy to. I'm involved in different types of meetings and so forth. But be that as it may, but God gives us, it doesn't matter what your sphere of influence is. God will give you a word. He will give you a word. And sometimes you're called to release it to a king or a governor or whoever is in their position in front of you. So, or a president. I just want to encourage you that um, it's, we're just at a critical time. And I was watching Patricia King this past week. You know, she started a 24 7 firewall USA. And Stephanie, while you were out, I was just sharing that. The church is at a critical time in our country right now. This is very serious what we're seeing, and I'm not saying this to scare people, but I'm what I'm saying is um, it's um, very important f to be prayerful, that we need to be praying for our leaders right now to make the right decisions. Um, so I just want to encourage you with that. But our prophetic culture is one that gives life. Again, 
our prophet our prophetic culture and it's not mine it's not stephanie's it's ours which means we're a family here we develop it we develop things together like at the dream team meeting we had the last one we had discussions about the flow of the prophetic worship time and how can we shift that because things were kind of like not flowing well it's like yes we want that this isn't me set in my way so I just want to encourage you I want to hear that I want to hear from people um, because it's just me and you know do I do things right all the time no but we all hear in part and prophesy in part Um, and speaking of that in first Corinthians 14 29 to 31 Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can't all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Again, for you can't all prophesy in turn so that everyone can be instructed and encouraged. This is very important. I just want to encourage you all. As we are called to prophesy, and we all have a portion to share, We make room for everyone at Shekinah as things are done in decency and order. But we all have a part and prophesy in part. So there's a a little small portion. I mean, we have little ones that prophesy. We've had kids come in. So just be encouraged. But our culture is about culture that gives life. We birth things here. And that's actually what I was teaching this. That's what I heard, Stephanie. So just be encouraged with that. Um, So... So prophetic culture that sustains life, when um, that's my next key point. So when something is sustained, that means it's ongoing. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. We want to have multiplication here. We want next generations to move things forward. Um, we can't do it on our own. So again, with the example of an eagle, an eagle is also one that is fierce, tenacious, and able to sustain life. A mama eagle is that way over her young ones, and I love this. Um, in Deuteronomy 32, 10 to 11, in his desert land, he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. Now, this is this picture. I love it. This is what I was talking about earlier. So I thought that was a little cool, this cute. So again, going back to the hovering, this is what I was seeing earlier, Patty, too, about the hovering part, how God hovers over the earth, but like how a mommy eagle will hover over the babies. Eagles, when they soar with their babies, they are close by ready to catch them should they fall into their wings. So that's, you know, the eagles are right with their babies when they're learning how to fly out of that nest. Um, But again, uh, an eagle is one that is fierce, tenacious, able to sustain life. Um, a mommy eagle is that way over her young ones. So yeah, this this picture really struck me. There were some other ones I was looking at, but I didn't have a video. But I just love, like, and again, if you can see the, the f- she's got, I, she had some food. I thought she was um, feeding the baby in that picture. The little, the little eaglets, they're so cute. I love them. I love them to death. They're so cute. Um, again, a prophetic culture that sustains life. We at Shekinah are about sustaining. We're about continuing um, teaching. We're going to continue. We're going to develop new classes. We're looking at some different things, but we're about sustaining our prophetic culture. That's absolutely what we're about. A prophetic culture that sustains. Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament. He fought many battles. 
and particularly the greatest victory against the prophets of Baal, whom he defeated. But immediately after that, his greatest victory, he faced his greatest challenge against Jezebel. And I wanna, I'm going to want us to go to this quick, um, and I'll bring up the slide, but it will be in, we're going to be in 1 Kings. It will be um, 1 Kings 19, if you guys want to go to that. Um, I'll go to that. I'll get my word. Uh, but there's a story about um, Elijah because um, he had he um, destroyed the prophets of Baal, and then um, he got into it with Jezebel. Anybody's been in some battles with Jezebel? It can be pretty intense. Um, <laughs> um, Elijah had some struggles. Um, again, he had his greatest victory. Came his greatest challenge where he ran hidden in the cave. He wanted to give up. I've been there. I've been there where things were tough, didn't want to fight anymore. I was ready to give up. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I was isolated. And I felt like I had nowhere to turn except the gun. And I didn't do it because I knew that wasn't God's intent. But when the warfare gets so strong coming at you, and you, you're hopeless. Again, this is going back to why it's so important not to isolate. Um, you have to stay connected. We can't be lone rangers. We can't, you guys. And I'm saying as one who really likes to do things a certain way, but the whole isolation part, I'm telling you, particularly now, this is why the church needs to step up. For people not being able to sing, and get together, and I honor and respect social distancing, and I understand about underlying health conditions with having older adults. I have parents that are in their 80s, but there's the enemy is so wanting to take out the next generation through all this. They're so wanting to change. They're so, there's something that is so underlying, and I can just see it. I can't even explain what it is, but I just know the fact that they want to, number one, we can't speak. We can't have fellowship. And what happens when you're isolated alone? Your mind starts getting acting, thinking crazy things. And I have, um, and I, I understand having family members with some, um, some long-term mental health challenges. But at the end of the day, um, Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy in John 10:10. 10, 10. So I want to encourage you, I actually listened to Chris Vallotton on one of his videos this morning about suicidal thoughts and some of the challenges he had. And I don't know, it's interesting how prophets, and I think there's something about this, uh, with a call, you know, the, the higher the call, the more intense the warfare can be. But, you know, there, there you just that's part of, if you really truly are about the call and really doing everything for Jesus, it's going to be hard. And I'm saying as one who, I get it. It's the call, as somebody would talk to me about. But um, here's Elijah, and I'm going to go to um, verse 11. I'm going to start there, and I'm going to read this. So here he is. He's run. He flees to Horeb. He's in a cave. Um, he is facing his greatest battle. And I'm going to go to the, and I'm going to have that. Um, that's on the next slide there. Um, so here he is. Um, the Lord said, He's telling Elijah this, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Now picture this. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, went out, and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to Elijah, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me, too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel, and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazel, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. I think this is a word right now, you guys, for what's happened in our country. When we bow to Baal, it's death. And I'm talking about doing, being in the world. Oh, yeah, because it's, we're, we're in the world and not of the world. And when we bow to the God Almighty dollar and we bow to our clothes, what car we drive, ultimately it's about the material things. And you guys, you look at the economy. Okay, I'm just being real here. I'm nearing retirement, which I'm not retiring, but I can't look at my 401k or 457 because of the up and down market. But I know that I know that God's got my provision. I'm not worried about that. And then I see people flipping out about stuff, about sell this, buy that, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm staying the course. I'm holding the line. But I think when we get so about our money and our, and our material things, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a nice car. I admit, I like my car. That's the one thing I bless myself with because I drive a lot with my job and I do assignments with it, but it's comfortable. And I can take people, I can take seven people in my car and it's to help do an assignment or minister to people. I just, I, it, I, I feel better when I have a comfortable car. I'll just admit it. When I was 21, it probably wouldn't have mattered, but I, I just, it's, for me right now, I, my transportation's important. Um, so I want to have one that works. But other people have other things they like, and it's not about um, blessing. Well, it is. I want to bless myself with it, and I can afford it, and God says it's okay. But if he told me to give it away, I would. I have no problem with that. I've done giving things away and bless people. But the bottom line is when we're bowing to Baal, um, I think that we're in serious trouble. And I think, honestly, some things that we're seeing in our country, some people have bowed to Baal thinking about feeding what we've done with the blood on the land with abortion. I mean, I was born, okay, <coughs> 63. Um, so um, 10 years later was when Roe v. Wade became law. 
And so since then, so we've had a whole generation gone. Um, it happened under uh, people's watch just a little bit older than me, but um, we, when we bow to things that aren't godly, when we submit to things that just aren't God's best for us, we're really in a dangerous place. And I'm saying this is I have family that are in that place, and I've, I've tried to talk to them. This is where I just I say what God says me to say, and then, I, then they have to be free to choose. Um, but I thought when I read this verse in 18, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Um, that just really struck me. And, and you know, here, here um, God's telling Elijah to um, anoint Elisha. I feel like it's a beautiful picture of what's going on today. Um, there are those bound to Baal and those who are not. There are those who are standing the line, those who are holding the line, the remnant in our country, going out in prayer. I was listening to somebody the other day talk about, you know, our whole identificational repentance. And we, we our country has, there's so much happening right now. And um, we have so much, um, there's just been some things that have happened, people in our country that have not been treated well and the things that are happening that we do need to repent of, and particularly of what's happened to our African-American brothers and sisters. We have so, um, there's so much that needs to be, um, I don't, we just, there's so much healing that needs to happen about repentance. And I know from my heart as, as a family from the South, the things that in my family line, generational repentance I've done, but what Cindy Jacobs said was so true. Somebody asked, when, when do we, how long do we continue to do this until there's fruit, until there's breakthrough? The bottom line is America's got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do in our city. I'm praying for our mayor right now. I'm praying, praying, praying because um, I know it's hard. You know, I was talking earlier a little bit about times in my, my life. It's been hard, you guys, at the state. I'm not going to lie. Um, I want to quit. There's some days I get frustrated. I just want to go out. Just give me my, I'll just go on, a, just go around all Michigan and just drive and, and just pray and prophesy. But the bottom line is he has me in the sphere I'm at. But there, there are situations now that we just need to be praying about. It's a critical time, going back to what I said earlier. But isolation is, is very dangerous right now, you guys. Isolation is very dangerous. You can see the environment we're in. Um, I just, and I, I like two elderly parents. You know, my parents are both elderly, and they can't get out and go to church. That bothers me. I just think that's wrong, but, I mean, I just pray for them, and they can watch it on TV, and um, they're saved, they're okay. And uh, But the bottom line is, um, I think at Shekinah, our next generation is so important in everything we do, and I'm just so thankful for the young younger people here that are ready to carry that torch and um, they've not bowed to Baal, and I'm so thankful for the, the okay, Cammie, I'm just going to, I've known you for, Cammie Butler and Jackie, I've known you not quite as long, but, you know, looking at you, Cammie, and just your testimony last week, thank you, and you did such a great job, and, you know, we're so glad you're here with us, and, um, and you and I had our own challenges too, remember? <laughs> and it was all good, though, but I just was so... I, but I knew that at the end of the day, um, God did the work in both our hearts about things, and what a blessing that was. And I was 
just remembering spending my time with you when you were very young, but now you're grown up and your generation is so important. Very important and Jackie too. Um, we need you guys. Um, at Shekinah, the next generation is a part of everything we do. Um, but I know we each have our own challenges. Um, like Elijah, sometimes we do want to be in our caves. And I get it. I love my cave. I'll be honest. I like being in the cave. I like getting my TV on. But at the end of the day, I can't. I can't be in the cave all day long. But we have to rejuvenate and go back out. Um, because what um, what Elijah did um, when he anointed um, Elisha, um, he set a prophetic. It was just like that next generation coming in, that there would be, I, I'm not going to talk about this, but, you know, um, Elijah wanted to give him the double portion of Elijah's mantle um, because he saw him when the Lord took him up by the chariots of fire, which I thought was pretty cool. I wish, you know. Um, but again, um, the prophetic culture yeah, that grows God's kingdom because that's what that's about. That is about growing God's kingdom. We at Shekinah are about growing and multiplying God's kingdom. As eagles multiply, God in the Bible, God in the Bible, multiplied the prophets as we saw earlier with Elijah and Elisha in First Kings nineteen sixteen. Um, I'm sorry, First Kings nineteen. If I had sixteen, I don't think it's the right verse. But also as Paul with Timothy, his young protege in Acts sixteen. We are about multiplication here at Shekinah, getting pushed off that cliff to fly. Right, Stephanie. <laughs> um, but um, I just I thought the example of Elijah I guess I you know because I was teaching I really related to the cave thing and I think part of it is we are stuck at home sometimes but we have to be careful um, if we're at home how are we spending our time what are we watching what are we doing um, because it can be very dangerous like I said isolating because I could watch TV all day long and dream you guys know about how much I dream I could dream all day long, and um, so that would be uh, great some days, but that's not what God's best for me. Um, but again, we are a, a pr our prophetic culture at Shekinah is about growing God's kingdom. In a, prof pr in a prophetic culture that grows God's kingdom, that means we multiply, just as Elijah multiplied bringing Elisha along with him. We, too, are called to multiply in a healthy prophetic culture that grows God's kingdom, not our own. I'm going to say this. We are called to multiply in a healthy prophetic culture that grows God's kingdom, not our own. So I'm. this isn't about me growing the kingdom. This is about you all for, for, for Jesus. It's not about for me. It's not about for Stephanie. Too many times I think, um, and I, I can say this um, um, as somebody who worked with different prophetic people, and wanting to be like them or do things like them, but I'm wired a certain way, so there's no way I was ever going to be like them. But I think I loved the gift I saw in them, and I think we have to be careful not to want that because that can be very dangerous. Um, we crave something. We, that becomes an idol. That can also become what I would call um, the word when you want something somebody else has. Thank you. Yes. Jealousy for what they have or a jealousy of a relationship they have with another person. Um, so I just think um, it's, it's just be who God created you to be. 
And some days I want to encourage you that sometimes journaling will help with that. You know, going back and revisiting words that God gave you years ago um, because it's about your relationship with him. And God brings those people around. And sometimes, like we had transitions here um, a few years ago when Wendy and Chris transitioned out. And, and Shane and Stephanie had taken over the church. And that was the plan. Um, but there was just a process in all that transition. And transition sometimes can be awkward. You know, I'm prophetic, and so was Wendy, and so was Stephanie. So there were times that I was like, well, do I say something? What do I do? And you want to honor the people over, but it's like at the end of the day, honoring God and the other stuff will work its way out. But I think at the end of the day, too, it's about communicating. We grow God's kingdom at Shekinah through our communication with each other. We all have a portion. We're about growing God's kingdom, again, not our own. And we want to help each of you grow God's kingdom. And we want to help each of you hear for yourself what God is saying to you. What is he saying in that still, small whisper? And multiplying can be a scary thing for some of us. Many times we think we want to be like that person, like I said, was teaching us. But in reality, we are called to be ourselves. Um, we are called to be ourselves. And that I kind of there are times I struggle with that. I'm going to be transparent because I think particularly as I started learning more about the prophetic was probably back in 2009, 2008, and it was like, wow, this is interesting. And I'm like, and I would watch different people, but I'm wired a certain way, like who dreams all this stuff. Lord, does any dream like I do? Why do I see things? I look at this, but I'm seeing something else. And and it was I didn't understand, and I wasn't raised in a church where people explained that. So again, prophetic culture that we're about prophetic culture that grows God's kingdom. So I just want to encourage you with that. Oh, I didn't know what time it was. Jeez. Boom. All right. Okay. Let's see. Prophetic culture that grows God's kingdom. Again, as an eagle multiplies with young ones, they also have a strong sense of vision and soar very high. In the book, Learning to Soar, and I showed you guys that earlier, it teaches us through the life of an eagle how to grow through transitions and trials and see the bigger vision God has for our lives. The prophetic culture at Shekinah that grows God's kingdom experiences transitions and trials. And at times, we have to, this is a whole learning process. We've been through transitions. We've had a few trials, but we've learned through this process, and it's a process. You know, we at Shekinah are about growth, and the only way is to go through the process of growth. The only way we can grow is to go through this process. Growth is a good thing, for none of us have arrived. We are all in process. Each person's process is different, and I just want to encourage you with that. We all have a different process, and transitions are okay and they're normal. I'm going through one as I'm aging at work. I see people probably that could be my grandkids coming to work in my office and a director that's very young and I've, I have a way that I've, he's just showing me about submission and humility and why, particularly now in the state of emergency that we're in in our state, why it's so important about submission and humility. And um, even when things are like, even when you told them something the week before and then now you see that you were right but it's not about laughing at their misfortune I guess this is where God is really doing a work on 
some other things happening in my life to be praying for that person because at the end of the day they ultimately are responsible for their actions but we are not to um, make fun of people's misfortunes and prophetically it's interesting because you and I'm just going to speak for me you can see things happening down the line that are coming and you try to explain it in a way that makes sense but if they're not going to listen to it, at least you've done your part you've provided the word um, in a loving way and then at the end of the day that's their decision so at Shekinah we're about partnering with the nations I don't think oh uh, I gotta go to the next one the Shekinah we're about partnering with the nations um, as we as a church body support ministries overseas and it's important as we prepare and send people out that you are equipped to minister to the nations you are called to serve and that's each of you you are all called to serve in some some portion in some nation in different spheres and at Shekinah we are about equipping and sending preparing you to soar so this is again I want to you know this is again my favorite scripture those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint last slide so building sustaining life-giving prophetic culture love is always our highest goal love is always 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 our highest goal Shekinah loving others well as Jesus being our example that truly is how you build and sustain a life-giving prophetic culture keeping that at the forefront of everything we do but also that we're not building our own kingdom we are building his kingdom and each of you are part of this process amen so at the all right activation Stephanie I didn't realize I took this long Jeez. so I didn't know activation so this is so in a nutshell we're we're all going to be building together prophetically we're going to be building and sustaining which we've already started and that's why we have the dream teams where we build and talk about the future and long-term vision I think it's funny you know prophetically the eagle and the long-term vision but know that you know things may change up a little bit about our classes and that's because as as we hear from you because it's important for you to tell us give us feedback is how what do you think about this material what do you think because we want to hear but at the end of the day it's about building a, a culture that's sustaining but it's about what's best for each of you each of you how God is birthing something in you all right thank you for listening today Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, 
We thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.